Um, let's review the Lekutah uh, Sichas Cheil Ches in the eighth volume, the second Sicha for the Parsha of Pinchas. Um, again, in this Parsha, it discusses uh, how the land of Israel. Look in Perik Chavav, in Posignum Beis, it starts how the land of Israel is going to be distributed. So the Eivishter says, To the following, the land shall be divided up as an inherited. And this is by the names. And it goes on to discuss how the uh, division took place, how everybody got their portion. And then in Pasuk Chav, Perik Chav Zayin, Pasuk Aleph, it says, "Vatikravno b'nois slavchod ben chayfer ben gilod ben mocher ben menashe." So these were the daughters of Tzlavchod, and Tzlavchod was a son of chayfer. And then it goes on to gilod mocher menashe. That's the lineage all the way from menashe was the son of Yosef, who was the son of Yaakov. And it gives you their names, Ve'elu Shemois Benoisov, Machlo Noyo, Ve'choglo Milko Vesirzo. So then the Pasik says, Matamoidno Lifne Moshe, Lifne Arin Hakoyin, Lifne Hanisim, Ve'cholhoido. So they got up before Moshe, before Elozor the Koyin, because Arin was no longer there. Lifne Hanisim, before. Uh, the Nisim, Rashi points out, this happened on the 40th year after the passing of Aaron. V'chol ha'edah Pesach o'yel mo'yed le'imoyer. And they all came to the end of o'yel mo'yed, but the end of the saying. So now, this is the passage that the Rebbe Rashi, the Rebbe says, Avinu meiz ba'midbor. They said, our father died in the desert. He wasn't together with that community who gathered Hashem in the group of Koyrach. And he says, He died for his own sin. And he had no sons. So basically they're saying that Tzalafchot their father died without any boys, any sons, and he left five daughters. Um, and then they continue to say, Why should the name of our father be missing from his family? Just because he has no son. So there's no son. Give us a inheritance together with our father's brothers. Which means that also, as explained, that also their father's uh, brothers those were Tzlovchot brothers. They were getting a portion. And they were also asking for a portion together with their father's brothers. So they were actually asking for a few things, as we'll see. The Sarebbe will touch on it just a little bit. But they were actually asking over here, they were asking for the father's portion. The father didn't get, didn't have any sons. And if he would have sons, then his portion would have been given to his sons. And now that there is no sons, they want a portion in, we'll see in the Sikha. So then it says, Moshe brings their judgment before Hashem, asks Hashem what to do. Now, so the Rashi says, Rashi brings down on the Posik, Ovinu meiz bamidbar, vuhu loi hoya betoicha edo, he says he wasn't to those who ganged up together with Koirach. He died for his own sin. So Rashi 
writes, brings down the words of the apostle, and Rashi explains, why were they saying that he wasn't, I mean, why is that Nageya? Why is that important to know that he wasn't to Adas Kedach? Why, why did they say? Why did they have to say that? That he wasn't in the group. So Rashi says, Since they were intending to say that he died for his own sin. In other words, that he died separately than all the other people. A lot of people died in the desert. All the people between 20 and 60 died in the Midbar. So they were coming to say that he died in his own sin. So they needed to say that that he was not in the group of the complainers and and he was also not in the group of they were instigating against Hashem that's why they were coming to say because they wanted to say that he died for his own sin they wanted to tell you first and they weren't part of the other things that took place over there the sin of the complainers and the sin of the community of Kairach who instigated against Hashem but they're coming to say, Elo He died for his own sin. Not only did he die for his own sin, the Pasik says, doesn't mean just that he did his own sin. In other words, different than everybody's sin. But they were saying something, He didn't cause other people to sin together with him. The other people were instigating, and when they caused sin, they caused the whole ruckus over there. They caused everybody else to gang up against Moshe, to gang up against the Kodesh Baruch But they're saying, this fellow, our father didn't do any of that. And then after this, the Noch brings Rashi, Rashi brings afterwards two opinions. What was actually his sin? from Tzlochot, as the Rebbe will address later on. So basically, right now, they're coming to say that he was not in the community who gathered against Hashem in the community of Koirach. He died for his own sin. By the way, in a note, a note over here, the Rebbe has a, um, a whole discussion. What does it mean in Rashi over here when he says he wasn't part of the complainers. We find various different complainers in the, uh, in the Psukim at various different times. Uh, what does Rashi mean by he was the complainer? So uh, he brings down from the Gemara and the Rashbam over there. Over there means the group of Kairach also had uh, the complainers and Adas Kairach. So you had it wasn't like two separate things. We're talking about the community of Koirach. And in the community of Koirach, they were complaining against Moshe Nara when, when Koirach came and started fighting against Moshe. So that was the uh, level of miscellaneous also over there. But in the Gemara, it seems like it's one, it's a group of Koirach, Koirach fighting and the complainers, all these things all together. But in Rashi, the Rebbe says, it means that it's not the 250 uh, complainers, the Nassim who complained, but to the story what happened after Koyrach. Abdel Pasik says after they, uh, Koyrach died, it says, it says, Atem Hamitem Esam Hashem, they gathered on Moshe in Perik Yudzai in Perik in Perik Yudzai in Pasik Vov. So that's what the Rebbe that's what it means miscellaneous. That's the way the Rebbe learns in the Hora. The Rebbe proves uh, that uh, it cannot mean anybody else. But I just say this, by the way, that's the Hora number two. Very interesting how the Rebbe explains what we need miscellaneous. But that's not part of the Sikh over here. That's just a side point what the miscellaneous are. Okay.
So again, so let's just review over here what we just said. We basically just quoted, understood the Rashi, that Rashi is explaining why do they have to say that he wasn't part of the community of Korach who fought against Hashem, that made the problems with Hashem, and the Muslim, why do they have to say that? Uh, is because they were trying to say that he died for his own sin, something that he did himself. Rashi is going to say later on whether he was the one that they caught was collecting wood on Shabbos, in which he did a malach of Shabbos, so he deserved his death penalty. We're going to see that and discuss that. Or he was amongst those people who after Moshe Rabbeinu said, you're not going to Eretz Yisrael, they attempted to go up on the mountain, and then some of them, they weren't successful because Hashem was with them. One of the two opinions that Rashi brings down later on. And it will be the, uh, explained later on. Uh, so, this, so what, 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 what is really Rashi's explanation over here? So what, what is Rashi trying to explain? Rashi is trying to explain that before they can say he died for his own sin, they needed to say, but he wasn't part of the other, of the complainers, and he wasn't part of the group of Korach. Why, in order to say that he died in his own sin, do we have to say that he wasn't in the other sin? Why can't we just say that he was, he died in his own sin? Rashi's answering that the reason he had to say that he wasn't the group of Korach, because we want to say that he did his own thing. He was guilty for himself. But why do we have to have that introduction? Why can't we just say he died for his own sin? So the Mepharshim explained that what they wanted to say that he wasn't of the complaint as Kairach, uh, which would mean that those were sins which other people, you made other people sin as well. So then you understand what we mean Bechetoi Levadoi. They're trying to say, the issue over here, what they're wanting to say is, they, what, how do they want to distinguish their father's sin from the sin of the rest of the people over there? They want to distinguish it by saying the other people caused other people to sin. It was like a group. It was sort of an instigated uh, argument against motion against Hashem. But his father was a, just his individual sin. It just involved in himself. So, how do we know this? It says, in his sin. How do we know that? So first, they made very clear. Because first they said that he wasn't in the group of Kairach. To say, but that would still not mean... So if he said he wasn't part of Kairach, then you already know that he wasn't in the group. But that doesn't necessarily mean maybe there was some other sins which he caused other people to sin. So they say, no, he died because of his, his own sin. So Rashi is basically by saying, the Pasuk, by saying these two things, is saying, no, he did not get involved with other people. And number two, you should know that he did it by himself. And therefore, he did not cause other people to sin. So basically this introduction is necessary in order to clarify that he didn't cause anybody else to sin and that's why they deserve a portion in the land of Israel. Okay, that's what is it. So, according to this, the Rebbe asks, so why did they have to, if all what they're trying to emphasize, that the word bechet oi means that he did the sin, he didn't cause any other part of the sin. So why do they need to say he wasn't part of the other thing? And they have to then add also, not only was he not in the part of the other to sin, and there was no other sin that he caused anybody to sin, he only did it by himself. They could have just said one word, he sinned alone. That would save the entire length that he wasn't with the community. Why was that necessary? Basically what the Pasuk is trying to tell us According to the Mepharshim, the way they explain the Rashi, that we're trying to say one idea, and we give two parts to that one idea. The idea that they were trying to say the daughters of Tzlovchot, 
that our fathers did a sin that did not involve other people. He didn't get anybody else to sin. How are they expressing this idea? By first saying, our father did not get involved with the community of Kairach and what they did. That means that that was a public, that was an instigation that was caused other people to sin. That was the first thing he was not involved in there. Now, don't think they're continuing. Well, maybe he did something else that involved other people. No. That he died for his sin, his individual sin. He, nobody was involved in it. And that's why we're adding the post. So the Rebbe is asking is to clarify that he didn't have to say he wasn't involved with the other people. And then you think maybe there was something with the Kodach. Maybe you think there was something else. Just say, the Pesach should say one word. They should say, It was just a sin individually. And therefore we wouldn't have to say already the whole said that he wasn't part of Kodach. Just say that he did his sin, which did not involve other people. Uh, but then the Rebbe says, uh, why does that actually make a difference? Whether he caused other people to sin or not, in order for them to get their portion in Eretz Yisrael. What has that got to do with anything? And let's say he was of those people that didn't make other people. They don't have an argument. Why is this a reason for their argument to Moshe Rabbeinu and the Nesim, that either they're coming to them and they're telling them, we deserve a portion of the land of Israel because our father did not call anybody said, what is that connected? I mean, that's what it looks like they were coming to say, but why would somebody, the Rebbe asks, the Rebbe says, we don't find anywhere that somebody who makes other people sin did not get a portion of the land. We don't see such a thing. Number two, uh, the Rebbe discusses that the people that uh, didn't get a portion of the land from the uh, Gorari over here and the Rebbe explains that separately. But that's number one. Number two, from the fact that the words, it says, that he died for his own sin. So Rashi writes these words and he says, the reason why they needed to say that it wasn't with the sin of the complainers and Koirach. So Rashi when he says that they and when he said see Rashi if you look at the words of Rashi Rashi uses two words because they were coming to say Rashi doesn't say they were coming to say according to this interpretation it seems that the whole thing what they were coming to say the reason why he deserves the portion in Eretz Yisrael is because he didn't involve other people. But the truth of the matter is, Rashi uses the Lush twice. And the first time Rashi says, uh, So that you can see that when they said they had something else in mind. Besides the second part that Rashi says and Rashi doesn't have to mention that. That's why Rashi doesn't say. So there's something else going on. They were basically having two arguments over here. One is they saying he died with a sin, and then he adds levade, as the Rebbe will explain. Okay. So the Rebbe wants to know what is the exactly this whole idea that it was only his sin, or that was the only thing. And then finally Rashi brings down in the same Hamshech, he says, Rabbi Kiva Oimer, Hoya. Remember, we learned the story that uh, they went out and they found a person who was collecting wood on Shabbos. 
and they didn't know what to do with him until they found out that he gets the death penalty. So that was Slavchot. He was the person that collected the wooden Shabbos. That was his Avedo. Rabbi Shimon says, brings down Rashi, he was one of those people that tried to go up on the mountain after Hashem punished them and said that they're going to stay in the desert for 40 years. They said, no, we're ready. We're going to go up on the mountain. That was the Mekoshish. So how now it's also totally not understood. The Pasik says, what does the Pasik says? The Pasik says what? which means that he died for his own sin. doesn't say what was this sin. So why does Rashi have to tell us, or how does Rashi know that he was either the collector of the wood over there or he was Minamapilim? I mean, how does Rashi know that? It's supposed he died, he had a sin. Could be any other sin. Why do we have to say Davke those sins? Number two, every time when Rashi brings down two commentaries. The reason is because in each one of them there is some advantage. So we need to understand what is the advantage from his commentary that he was the collector of the wood over the commentary that he was one of the ones that tried to go up from the Mapilim. And what is the advantage if we interpret it that he was one of the Mapilim on the Makashetzi because Rashi brings down two impression. And also, the Rebbe brings down, many times the Rebbe says down, the Rebbe, Rashi doesn't usually say the author of who said the statement. Only in a situation where it adds explanation in the meaning, the pshat, uh, by bringing the name of the author. So what's the, what is the added by the name of the author? Especially the Rebbe says, in the Sifri and the Gemara, the Pirush it says in the name of Rabbi Yehuda ben Besedah. And Rashi brings the Pirush in the name of Rabbi Shimon, which for sure there was such a version. So there has to be a reason that, uh, that why Rashi chooses this Lashon is because by using the name Rabbi Shimon, who says this gets an additional explanation in this in this in this commentary. So we need to understand what is added in these two commentaries by emphasizing that the Mekoshish Eitzim was said by Rabbi Akiva and the Pirush of Mapilim was said by Rabbi Shimon. So what is the explanation in this? When Rashi brings down the two interpretation, who this Slavchot, what he did, whether he was Mekoshish Eitzim Hoya, whether he collected the woods, or he was from those in Apilim. So, what Rashi is really telling us over here, that when the Benois Slavchot came to complain, their intention, when they were saying they weren't just trying to say uh, that it was just by himself. They weren't just coming to say that he only did it and he didn't make anybody else sin with him. But in the beginning, their main intention, that's what Rashi in the beginning says, the they were coming, their main intention was to tell them what did their father do? Why did he die? They came to the Beisden they came to Moshe, to Nesim, to Lozrakoyim, Cholaido, Pesach They came to tell them who their father is. That their father, Tzlovchot, is the Mekoshish. Or is the, from the Mapilim. That's what they came to tell them. They came to tell them the reason why he died. They weren't coming to be obscure about it. But they had a problem. They intended to tell them that he was a Mekoshish, we'll see why, that he was a Mapilim, that's what they intended to tell them. They had a problem. They couldn't tell as is to the people, because that would be an embarrassment for their father. 
to go in front of the whole community. They had an obligation of honoring their father. They could not say it openly that my father, that their father was a Machal Shabbos. He desecrated Shabbos. Or they would say that he was one of the ones of the Ma'apilim. Moshe Rabbeinu said to them, those people, Ma'apilim, why are you violating Hashem's instruction? So if they came out and said, oh, my father is a Mekoshesh, my father Ma'apilim, they would be the opposite of honoring them. Especially they're standing in front of Moshe, in front of Lozer Koyin, in front of the Nesim, entire community. This would have been the greatest shame to tell about their father that he was the collector of the wood or he was the Mapilim. So therefore they disguised it. What did they say? They said he died, he died with his own sin. They didn't say what it is. So in order we should know which sin they mean. So they, had, they didn't want to say it openly. And they wanted to hide it. But how are they going to hide it? And the people should figure out what they mean. So therefore, first they introduced that he wasn't part of the complainers and, and not in the group of Koyrach. So once you say that, so people will start to investigate and to figure out, to find out that he was the Mekoshesh Eitzim or he was the Mapilim, depending on the two commentaries. So they wanted to first say he is not of those people. So once, because the first thing, what are people going to see? He died. Why did he die? Like all the other people died. What did he die for? Because either they were Mapilim, either they were from that Askerach. So he wanted to first tell them, no, he's not part of them. Why is it so important that you should know that their father was collecting the wood or Mapilim? So first, we need to explain, the Rebbe goes and explains here now, what was the argument of the daughters of Tzlovcha? What did they say? They say, Lomo Yigora Shemovinu, why should the name of our father be diminished? They were asking, Tno Londo Achuzo, give us a part. This whole story that they said, Avinu Meiz Bamidur Mes, is an introduction to their argument. So we have to see the argument and then we will understand why they needed this introduction. What were they asking when they said Lomo Yigora Shem Avinu? Why should the name of our father be diminished? Now in the Gemara, in Halacha, in various different parts, it explains, uh, in the Mepharshim, it explains that they were actually after several parts because Chefer uh, was the father of Tzlovchot, right? We had Tzlovchot. So Tzlovchot died, right? And Chefer actually also died. Chefer had other children who were the brothers of Tzlovchot. Those children of Chefer, Tzlovchot's brothers, they got a portion in Eretz Yisrael based on the portion of Hefer who didn't make it in the Eretz Yisrael. But according to some commentators, according to the Gemara, they were also after the portion of Hefer as their father would have gotten. But the Rebbe says, in the simple meaning of the Pasuk, what were they asking for? Loma Yigora Shem Avinu. So what they were demanding, not only that Hefer, which is the grandfather, uh, which the other children and grandchildren, which means Hefer besides Slavcha, they had other children. And those children's children, they all took the portion of Hefer uh, they weren't asking for that only, which means that would mean the part of Tzlovchot together with his brothers in the portion of Hefer. Uh, 
and this is already uh, what, uh, what is brought down in the different Beforshim, but also what they were asking is they were taking their father's portion themselves. They wanted the portion themselves. The Rebbe brings down from Arashi that they wanted two parts. They wanted their father's part because he was one of the people that left Mitzrayim. That was the part of Tzlovchot, Tzlovchot the, 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 the part. And they also deserved a part together with the brothers in the belongings of Hefer. Um So, now we're going to focus, we're going to focus on their demand. They were demanding that the portion of Tzlovchot They should take their father's portion. So listen what happened. I mean, so you have to realize what happened. If Tzlovchot just went out of Mitzrayim, right? He went out of Mitzrayim. Then automatically he was entitled to a portion. Who took his portion later on if Tzlovchot never made it into Mitzrayim or his sons? Let's say he had sons. So they would get a portion based on Tzlovchot's portion, because Tzlovchot earned the portion. Not only Tzlovchot earned the portion, Hefer, Tzlovchot's father, also earned the portion. Because why? Because he also went out of Mitzrayim. Tzlovchot went out of Mitzrayim, and Hefer went out of Mitzrayim. So what the Rebbe is saying over here, yes, they also wanted Hefer's portion, one part of Hefer's, because together with Slavchot's brothers and grandchildren and brother's children, they wanted, but they also wanted all of Slavchot's portion for the five sisters. Why did they want it? Because technically, in order to get a portion in the land of Eretz Yisrael, is you had to come to Eretz Yisrael. And Slavchot never made it into Eretz Yisrael. But their argument was that's just like if Slavchot would have left a son who was 20 years old, because he had to be 20 years old, and he went into Eretz Yisrael, Slavchot's son, so then he would take a portion in the land. So if Slavchot had a boy, that boy would have had a portion in the land of Eretz Yisrael. And since there is no son, no, ain't live Ben. And they said, we take the place of this son. So they deserve that portion that a son would take. But it seems that that argument is not really a good argument. Why? Since the dividing of Eretz Yisrael was Lepoil given to those who came to Eretz Yisrael, that's a hypothetical question. If he had a son, if he had a son, that son would have come to Eretz Yisrael. But he didn't have his own, he didn't come to Eretz Yisrael. So even if Slavchot would have had a son who came to Eretz Yisrael, then the portion that he would take would not be the portion of Tzlovchot. Then the portion that he would take would be his own portion because he was somebody that came to Eretz Yisrael. So if there was a son over there, he wouldn't be getting his father's portion, but he was getting his own portion because he came into Eretz Yisrael and he's 20 years old. So why do they think that they should get the, the portion of Tzlovchot? So here they're going, they're going to explain this whole idea 
why did they think that they get a part in the land of Eretz Yisrael? In order to get a part in the land of Eretz Yisrael, you have to go into Eretz Yisrael. Slavcha didn't go into Eretz Yisrael. If he had a son who was 20 and the son went into Eretz Yisrael, he would get his portion because he's 20 years old and he gets his own portion. Since Slavcha didn't go in, there's no son that went in. They're not boys, they're girls. So we're not, in other words, we're not giving anybody Slavcha's portion. Nobody gets it. If a person didn't go into Eretz Yisrael and he died in the Mizbar, his portion nobody gets. The portion that the people get is if you get into the one who goes to Eretz Yisrael. If nobody made it to Eretz Yisrael, you don't go in. And if the son made it to Eretz Yisrael, they will get the portion because they went into Eretz Yisrael. But what happened was like this. This is what their complaint was. Before the Yidden went out of Egypt, Hashem promised them, what Hashem says, I will take you out from the suffering of Egypt. That's what Hashem tells them while they're in Egypt. Then Hashem tells them what? I will bring you to the land. Those are the people that are working in Mitzrayim. Hashem told them also, I will give it to you. I'll give you that land inheritance. So the people that were laboring in Mitzrayim, that means that Hashem promised to give Eretz Yisrael to those who go out of Mitzrayim. Hashem said, you're going out of Mitzrayim, I give Eretz Yisrael. What happened in the meantime? So technically, those who went out of Egypt were supposed to get Eretz Yisrael. In the meantime, after the hidden sin, all the Jewish people complained after the Meraglim, and they said, why is Hashem bringing us? So the Ebishter said, okay, you are complaining, you don't want the land. Measure for measure, midah connected midah. Kasha debarte ba'oznai kein esel lochem imatam tefoyelorit. You don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael. You're complaining that you don't want to go. So I'm going to do. So you're not going to go into Eretz Yisrael. So basically, the yidden that were promised that they're going to be going to Eretz Yisrael, it was taken away from them. It wasn't taken away for that because you said that you don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so you're not going to go to Eretz Yisrael. But yet, Hashem didn't totally take away the rights, the privilege to Yisrael. But Hashem said, I'm going to give it over to your children. Tabchem. said that your children, your children will go into Eretz Yisrael and they will know Eretz Yisrael. That means that why did those who came into Eretz Yisrael deserve a part of Eretz Yisrael? Just like that, just because they came to Eretz Yisrael? No, it's because they were children. They were tabchem. They were the children from those who came on Mitzrayim. Hashem promised those who left Mitzrayim that they're going to get a portion of the land. And then Hashem punished them. But Hashem said, even though I'm punishing you, but your children will get a portion of the land. So in that case... It makes sense to say, uh, so just like we say, there's an opinion that says, how did they divide Eretz Yisrael? It was divided by those who went out of, of Mitzrayim. Basically, according to that, we didn't care how many people went into Eretz Yisrael, we looked at each family, each person that went out of Eretz Yisrael. That's the amount of portion that it was divided up. And therefore, who is the one that got Eretz Yisrael? They got it from their fathers, those who went out of Mitzrayim. So let's say we know there were 600,000 people that left Egypt, right? So basically, Israel was divided into 600,000 pieces from those people that left Eretz Yisrael. And then... And by the tribes, each tribe with their number. And by that, everybody got, their children were divided amongst themselves, their father's portions, from those who went out of Mitzrayim. Those were the people that got a portion of the land of Mitzrayim. So according to that, it's very clear. They, those people were promised, 
from Mitzrayim. And those are the people actually that got the part, but they didn't get it themselves. Their children inheritance. No different than children will inherit whatever their parents had. So it's as if to say their parents got that portion in Eretz Yisrael, and then yet all of their children took part, the children took part of their parents' inheritance. But the other opinion says that no, the portions that Israel was divided did not go by the part of we didn't divide it, the parts that went out. We divided Eretz Yisrael uh, by the amount of people that went into Eretz Yisrael. So let's say, for example, that if the person that went out of Mitzrayim had three sons that came to Eretz Yisrael. So one father went out of Mitzrayim and he had three sons that went to Eretz Yisrael. So if we say we go by the Eitz of Mitzrayim, how many pieces did these three sons get? Only one piece. They had to divide the father's piece into three pieces. But if we say that it was divided by those who came to Eretz Yisrael, each one of these boys got, each one got one piece. Because they're each one equal, because we're giving it we're dividing Eretz Yisrael by the people that came to Eretz Yisrael. So it seems like what? That they're getting independent pieces. They're not getting their father's pieces because they're getting their own piece. But the fact still remains that the reason why those people that came to Eretz Yisrael are the ones that the land was divided. Why are they divided land? It is because of the fact that they are the children and they are the inheritance of the Eitz Mitzrayim, notwithstanding that they get each one their own piece. And therefore, what was the argument of the Bnei Slavcha? They argued, since that we are in the place of the son, there's no son here, so therefore the privilege of our father needs to be passed on to us, just like with the privilege of all the others that went out of Mitzrayim, was given over to their children, we should be privileged too. The Benoist Slavchot were of the opinion that this, that other women do not get a portion in the land of Eretz Yisrael, is not because they are in essence not entitled to getting a place in the land of Eretz Yisrael, but they thought, just like for example, people that are under 20 didn't get a, did not, Torah says only these, not under 20. But they thought that because in a place where they had brothers, and since that when there is a daughter and there's a son, the daughter doesn't get the inheritance. So they thought they cannot um, consider it as the inheritance of the Yitzhak Mitzrayim if there was brothers there. But if it's a situation that Avinu Mesin doesn't have a son, he doesn't even have a son which is less than 20 years old. So just like in, normally what happens when a family passes away only a daughter, then they become the inheritance of the father. If he doesn't have a son, so then the daughter inherits. They become the inheritance from the father. And therefore they need to get the privilege of their father to them, and they should take a portion of the land of Eretz Yisrael. So basically, the Benoist Slavchot, their argument was that their father deserves a part in the land of Eretz Yisrael. Because he was in Mitzrayim, he was from the Yitz of Mitzrayim, so their father deserved a part in Eretz Yisrael. Now, the reason why girls, women, the, the daughters, did not inherit the land of Eretz Yisrael, they argued, was because if there is a boy, so just like normally when there is an inheritance, if there is a boy, the boy inherits, the girl doesn't inherit. So 
But if there is no boy, the girl inherits. So in this case too, it's their father inheritance because he wasn't from the Yitzhah Mitzrayim. So therefore, they should get it. They didn't think that there's something against just that women, girls, don't get a portion of Eretz They didn't think so. How did they know? So we'll continue with Oizayin over here. How did the Benoist Slavchad know uh, that the reason that women did not take a part in Eretz Yisrael is only because a daughter would not take in the place where there is a son and not because in essence they don't have a portion of the land of Eretz Yisrael just like those who are under 20 I mean normally after Eretz Yisrael even if you're under 20 everybody even a day old uh, Yerush is inherits maybe women just don't get a portion of Eretz Yisrael not because there is a ben. So that's why they introduced and they said, He wasn't in the community, he died for his own sin. Which means, since is his own sin, he died because of the sin, and that either he collected the wooden Shabbos or he was from the Mapulim. And not as the others who died in the desert, which their sin was. They said, Why is Hashem bringing us? Those was the hate of the other people. So we cannot possibly say that the promise that Hashem promised to every one of those who left Mitzrayim. Hashem told them, I'm going to give it to you as an inheritance should be taken away from that person totally to the extent that you not have even his children shouldn't take a part in the land of Eretz So that's not possible. They didn't think it's a possibility. Just as it was, those that died in the Midbar who died without children or the children that were less than 20 years old. So what happened to them? They didn't get anything in the end because they didn't have any... But they didn't say... Uh, uh, that, that would be by the Mesa Midbar. In other words, you do find such a thing that the people lost out. The regular people who died in the Midbar. So what happened with them? If they didn't have any uh, children under 20... Uh, they didn't get anything. I, they didn't promise them. Okay, but this is Mesa Midbar. Why is Mesa Midbar different? Because those who died in the Midbar, they died because they said, we don't want the land of Eretz Yisrael. Because they rejected it. Because they said uh, that uh, So over there, we can understand why it's taken away from them so that if they didn't have any children that were 20 year old to enter over there or if they had no children they didn't get anything but when we're talking about Slavcho, they're talking about the father since he did not violate the sin which is connected with Eretz Yisrael so therefore there is no reason for this and therefore, their argument is Lomo, Lomo, you got a shame of Inu. Why should our father be lacking? Why should he not get his part? And since we know the Ebrister is a Shefet Kolorit, the Ebrister is the judge who judges everyone, Lo Yasem Mishpot, those are the words that Avram Avinu used for Hashem when he was arguing about Zdoim. As a question mark, the Ebrister does do judge. So that from there they proved that also the daughters of the Yitzhah Mitzrayim in a case when there is no son they should have the privilege from their father to take a portion of the land of Eretz Yisrael in a case is it in lose. it seems almost this wasn't the case if you can say like for example there was somebody who went out of Mitzrayim but it seems like everybody was part of the Lama Hashem, I mean, with the exception of some beforehand, but 
it seems it seems like they shouldn't be excluded from the. In other words, let's say by Tzlovchad. If Tzlovchad, let's say, had sons under twenty, then they should they should get also, and maybe then they wouldn't complain. I'm just suggesting that the Rebbe doesn't say that inside because the Rebbe's argument over here is that you can't take away from the person who's a Yitzim Mitzrayim if he didn't say anything bad about Eretz Yisrael, there's no reason to take it away from him totally uh, so that even the daughter shouldn't inherit it. So, based on the above, we can also understand why the daughters of Tzlovchad needed to say Bechat Mes. So, first, the first words were, our father died in the desert. Our father died in the desert. So what do they want to emphasize here? That he did not die in Mitzrayim. What happened with those people that died in Mitzrayim? They didn't get a portion. It was only to the Yoytze Mitzrayim, those who went out of Mitzrayim. So first they say, Ovinu meiz bamidbor. He died in the desert and therefore he was from those who Yoytze Mitzrayim and therefore he deserves a portion. They wish to promise v'nasati yisodachem now, okay, if he dies in the desert, probably he must be of those who died in the desert, like all everybody else who died in the desert. Mesa Midbar. And they were uh, punished. Why did they die in the Midbar? Because of the sin. They complained, etc. They said, They said, Why is Hashem bring us to the land of Eretz Yisrael? So they say, No. So therefore, they said, so they have to say no. They have to say at least in a hint that he died for his own sin. So that you should know that he wasn't from the complainers. He wasn't the misleading. So that's what they're trying to say. So even though they already said he wasn't from the complainer, and Rashi said, he wasn't part of that. But since, by the sin of the misleinenim, it says over there, it says all of the Bnei Yisrael were complaining. That seems to include everybody. So if they would have just said, and they didn't say, he wasn't there, and they would not say, the so then it would be something which was unbelievable. How could that be? So that's why they said the Chetei Meis, that he died for his, a sin, which is something which rejects the sin of mislanity. In other words, if a person dies, he says he died in the desert. So they have to say he died in the desert, so he gets a portion. And then they want to say, and he doesn't lose a portion because he didn't complain about Eretz Yisrael. So then everybody says, so then why did he, so why is he not alive now? So they had to say, Bechetei Meis. He died his own, but he didn't die with the Muslim. He had his own problem. How are they, how are they letting us know? So, according to the opinion that he was from those who collected the wood, so then for sure he wasn't, he wasn't around in the time when the misleading took place. He already died then. Because the story of the Mekoshish Eitzin took place a year before the misleading. Uh, as the Rebbe, Rebbe points to the Rashi and Shlach where it took place. So Memele, they were trying to say he wasn't part of them. And they're really trying to tell you what he did. They couldn't just say he didn't. They have to say what he did because everybody, why would he die there? So he wants to say what he did. So according to the meaning that it was the Mekoshish hates him. So that happened before. So he wasn't part of the Muslim because he was already dead from before. But even according to the meaning, the interpretation, So let's say he was Mapilim. So what did Mapilim do? What did the Mapilim do? The Mapilim did Shuvah for the sin, for not wanting to go into Eretz Yisrael. So that even after Moshe Rabbeinu tells them and warns them 
Al talu ki Amaleki, don't go up because Amaleki is there, and yet, they still wanted to go to the mountain. What did that show? That shows that they were very in love with Eretz Yisrael. They wanted to make up, they did shuva. So how is it possible that you should take away from Tzlovchot the privilege of Eretz Yisrael? They were trying to say what he did. But first they wanted to say what he didn't do without saying the fetish, what he did. So they first have to say what he didn't do. So you know, don't think he's one of those. But if he didn't do, no, he died his own sin. There's something that he did. So that's why Rashi has to tell us this extra part that he was the Mekoshish Eitzim or the Mapilam Oye because that gives the legitimacy uh, and that is the only way that we can really say that he wasn't from the Mislerinim. Either he wasn't from the Mislerinim because he wasn't alive then or he wasn't from the Mislerinim because they took it back because they were fighting to go back to Israel. So now they want to go to Israel. But Rashi, there's still something missing over here because in the words itself of Bechete Meis, the, the bottom line is the Rebbe, what did the Rebbe ask before in the beginning? The Rebbe says, first of all, how did Rashi know that he was a Makeshim Apilim and why is that important? But according to the way the Rebbe is explaining now, these are very important parts. Why? Because we need to know why we need to know why they get a portion of Eretz Yisrael because if you complained about Eretz Yisrael, we can understand why the Benoist Slavchad are not going to get a portion. Because you complained about it, you lost your part. And that's it. But their argument that they said for sure that they are supposed to get a part in Eretz Yisrael is precisely because they didn't complain against Eretz Yisrael. How are they going to prove that they didn't complain against Eretz Yisrael? By saying what their father did. But they didn't want to say what their father did because either if he was the Mekoshish, he was before they complained, and if he was the Mapilim, he tried to correct what they complained about. So he would not be losing the part of Eretz Yisrael because of that. So either way. So, but they, they didn't want to say it clearly, as the Rebbe said before, because they didn't want to condemn their father to go say, oh, my father was such a bad guy, he collected wood on Shabbos, or my father was such a bad guy that he tried to go, but she said, don't go, and he went anyways. So they couldn't say it, so they disguised it by saying, give chetemes. But still the Rebbe asks, since the words Bechetoimeis, he died in the sin from Pasuk, there is no hint what the sin of Tzlovchod was. And the fact that Rashi says it was Mekoshe Shed Ma'apilim, it's not because that's the meaning of Bechetoimeis, but the fact that the only sins which would reject the complaint, the sin of the Mislenim. So it turns out that these two ways are not really interpretations of the Pusik. In other words, they're not explaining what the Pusik means, because the Pusik, we don't know whether Tzlovchot was a Mekoshish or he was in the Mapilim. The Pusik doesn't say that. The Pusik says he died for a sin. So, in that case, Rashi should write it either together, instead of like two, bringing two opinions. Should Rashi have said, Mekoshish Eitzim Oymen Apilim, he was either in other words, saying together, or, uh, and not to make it, um, but not to make it two interpretations. Because we're not really saying different meanings. Bechetemes is not an interpretation. You just say he died for a sin, and whichever sin it is, it is. Now, you're trying to explain to me what it would that it would be beneficial to understand what their argument was and why they were saying that they deserve a part in Eretz So I should say it's either he was Mekosh Ma'apilim. So, the Rebbe says further that uh, this thing that he was collecting in Mekosh Yishayitzim on Shabbos, so we can say that Rashi says that this is a Pirush, so we can explain it that Rashi assumes that Mekoshish Eishm is actually interpreting the word Bechete Meis. Because when you read the Pasuk simply, it's mashma that the argument of the Bnei Slavchot was based on the words Bechete Meis itself. So therefore it would make sense, make sense to say Mekoshish Eitzim. So then we understand, stand with their words, they pointed to the sin of Mekoshish because 
What is the meaning of the word bechet oi? His, his own sin. That's an individual sin. It wasn't something which was a common junction with anybody else. What is the only sin that we find that was just an individual from the known sins? We don't know what other people did, but what the Torah says. Which sin do we know that the person did by himself in the generation of the Midbar? So there was the Chet of the Mekoshish Eitzim. I mean, we had another one, that was the Mekalel, but that was a Benish Mitzrich, and Slavchot was Ben Chefer, the Rebbe points in the point. So there couldn't be that. So the only Chet that we find in the Torah, Chetoy, would be the Slavchot. But if we should say that he was from the Mapi'ilim, which is that he wanted to go up, that, that's a plural Mapi'ilim. So then you have to squeeze and say, when he says, Bechete Meis, the Bnei Slavchas were lying that Moshe and Elazar will figure out that their father was amongst the Mapilim. Like this, there was only one person. Like this, you know, so they said, Bechet Oy Meis, he died in his own sin, he did something by himself. Now everybody, Moshe and Abed, everybody knows who did a single sin by themselves, that that was uh, Tzlavchah. So therefore we can say that that's in the words, that's interpreting the word, Bechet Oy Meis, means Mekoshes. But the second interpretation, Rashi uses this as a commentary. Uh, so the Pasuk, we don't have any evidence that it was Mapilim. So that's why Rashi answers this question by bringing the names of the authors of these statements. Rabbi Kiva says that he was the Makoshish Eitzim. Oh, yeah, Rabbi Shima says he was from the Mapilim. That although from the Pasuk itself there is no proof for this what the sin of Slavchot was but there is an advantage in each one of these two ways based upon the views of the authors of the statement, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shimon as the Rebbe will explain now the sin of the Mekoshesh Eitzim, the one who collected the wood if you look at it from the simple Derech Abshat, was less than the sin of the Mapilim and the fact because, number one, in the sin of collecting is uh, the wood, there was no participation from any other Yidin, and therefore it totally is not in the category of getting other people to sin. They didn't cause anybody else. It was his own private sin. Number two, the sin of the Mekoshish was done in the first Shabbos that the Yidin wore in the desert, and that was prior to uh, the Torah that's been given. So that's also understood that before Matan Torah, there was not the same seriousness as after Matan Torah. So, in that way, it's lighter, the sin of the Mekoshish. But notwithstanding that the sin of the Mapilim was a more stringent than the said Mekoshes. But the argument, Loma Yigora Shemo Vinu, that Slavchot gets a portion of Eretz Yisrael, brought out much stronger according to the meaning of Ma'apilim Because that Slavchot was also from those people that were going up to Eretz Yisrael, so not only did he do Teshuva, and he took away the argument, the sin of the Misloinanim, but this is something, a positive reason that he does deserve a part in Eretz Yisrael for the fact that he self-sacrificed for Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Rashi is hinting it by bringing the author of the statement, Rabbi Akiva Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Akiva's usually would always find a zuchus for the Yidin. And therefore, when you can learn, when you have the possibility to learn that Slavchos sin was in one of two ways, Rashi chooses the, the lighter sin. But Rabbi Shimon was always Dorish time at the crow. He was always lo- looking for the reason for the Pasik. And therefore, he feels it's more better to learn So, it should come out that when they said so not only did they say that he wasn't involved in him, but they're also giving a, right, a reason why he deserves a part in Eretz Yisrael. Why? Because he had the sin of Snevish Yisrael. It's not only he didn't do a sin, but he did something positive.
And there's an additional item which is understood when Rashi brings down Rabbi Akiva Imer. The daughters of Tzlovchot had not yet got married, as we learned later on in the portion of Masay. So then it's not so understood. The story of Mekoshish Eitzim was in the first Shabbos that the Yidin wore in the Midbar. So why is it that for 40 years they didn't get married? How come they didn't get married for all these years? Even according to the opinion that they were in Mapilim. So it's also, there's not 39 years because that was one year later after the story of the Mekoshish. So Rashi brings out that Rabbi Akiva Eimer because Rabbi Akiva also got married when he was 40 years old. So it took them 40 years, so that's another hint for their waiting for 40 years. So what are the ideas of Yenu Shultoyed in this Rashi? Rashi says, the partial of Pinchas we lead, we read in the first Shabbos of the Bein HaMitzorim. In the three weeks, the first Shabbos. Or in the Shabbos, that is immediately precedes it. What is the instruction? Just like the first time when they went to Israel, so notwithstanding the decree that Hashem says, you're not going to go to Israel, but through the tshuva from Vayapilu, they tried to go up. Not only did they correct the sin of the complainers, and therefore they removed that decree, but furthermore, the Vayapilu became a reason to become a part of Eretz Yisrael, a portion of Yisrael. That means that their Vayapilu brought a greater connection with their Yisrael than it was before the sin of the complainers. Now they really deserve it. The same thing would also be by entering the Eretz Yisrael through Mashiach Tzidkenu, that the teshuva of our sins will not only take away the exile, the Golinu Ma'aretzenu, which come become Nechateinu, uh, but it will also bring that the entrance to Eretz Yisrael is going to be much greater and much stronger than it was before our sins, which we say, Godly in that the second, the last, the third base Amigdash will be much greater in glory than the first one. Uh, and that will take place. This is Mesichah Shabbos Pinchas Tovshin Chovchas.